The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. We're glad to have you listening today. And we've got, uh, this is our business hour, but... Um, Whoop, there, there was Colonel White talking right on top of me. But that's okay. Uh, he has the right to do that. Anyway, uh, we will be seeing Colonel White tomorrow down in uh, Columbus, Georgia, for the induction ceremony of more folks into the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. You going down, Mike? No, I oh. no, I, I, I'm going to be at the uh, the other ceremony for the Cobble 13. Oh, okay. We have uh, a very special guest, and uh, we're becoming friends and have become friends over the past few years, and I'm delighted to have Mike Mazzell in, and he is the director of the Johns Creek this is the wall, the healing wall, which is the replica of the Vietnam Wall in Washington, D.C. It went all over the country, and uh, Johns Creek bought it and gave it a permanent home in Newtown Park. And you're more than welcome to come by, and uh, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Retired Mike Mazell. That's correct, isn't it? That Lieutenant? is correct, yeah. Okay. Uh, as a grunt, we often get our rank mis- mixed up that's once okay. in a while. We'll so, always straighten you out. That's okay. Uh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I've, had, I've had a number of officers over my limited career straighten me out, which, uh, gosh, I hate to admit, but I needed it. Yeah. But uh, you all have a way of straightening folks out real fast. But we are delighted to have him. And, and you know, people might say, well, wait a second. I thought you did a veteran show on Thursday. Well, I do. David's pick. But this is the business hour on America's Web Radio. But this is very tied into what we're going to be talking about. And that's the vi- the business of honoring our veterans and honoring people that have served and are serving, I might add. And uh, I always put a plug in for my major Air Force son. And uh, very, very proud of him. And I'm proud of all of the young people. It's, it's the quality of folks that we're getting in the military today is just absolutely outstanding. And they know what it means. They know what the flag means. They know what their country means. And uh, I have to salute them as well as, obviously, salute and respect those that have served in the past. So with that being said, I just started to ask a question. And uh, and as I was about to ask the question, Mike took a sip of coffee. So I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Okay. So, Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. You know, it's, uh, it's an exciting time, and we're coming up on that time of the year where uh, schools and churches and, and people really remember their veterans and salute them this coming week. Uh, it's going to be a very, very busy week for us as well. Oh, I imagine. You know, interesting, and and a lot of people get this totally mixed up, and I'm sure you can confirm this. Memorial Day, Veterans Day. Well, what's the difference, you know? Well, Memorial Day is for those that have given the ultimate sacrifice in serving our country. And Veterans Day is for those that have served. And I can remember as a kid, I don't know if any place still does it, but as a kid, it was almost like... uh, the Salvation Army at Christmas, but if you went into a store or going into a mall-type situation, there was always a group of veterans giving out uh, red poppies. There's still there's still, still several do. groups that do that, and, and uh, we're very grateful for them to do that. Well, you know, in some ways, it's a sad scenario that we have to remind people of veterans, but... I'd rather do that than the veterans not be remembered at all. Yeah, and it seems like we've 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 sort of melded the the time periods anymore. Where, of course, we remember during the Memorial Day time period, but we we bring that forward even into Veterans Day, and and we still honor not only those that are alive and have served, but still those that, that like you say, gave the ultimate sacrifice. It's important to us to do that. Uh, I I just got an, an email message uh, yesterday that the 
one NCO who probably did more in my career for me than any other gentleman passed away from Parkinson's disease two days ago. He was 80 years old, a third-degree black belt now in his 80s, uh, but a phenomenal guy, you know, just a phenomenal guy. Incredible. uh, Good NCOs are. When I first started off as second lieutenant, he says, you're going to be a great lieutenant because you're going to do everything I tell you to do. (laughs) And I did, you know, and and he he was a tremendous tremendous influencer in my life and became a great 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 friend that's in Cartersville. that's uh you know this is something that and we encourage seniors and college seniors that are graduating and our high school kids that are getting out and haven't quite decided what they want to do we encourage them to look at some branch of the military and I can promise that some branch of the military has exactly what they're looking for. So if you're a grandparent and listening to the show or or a parent listening, or we have a few teenagers that listen, but, you know, look at the military. It's – I was telling – we had uh, a pilot on yesterday, as a matter of fact – Larry uh, Freeland, I don't know if you know Larry, but Larry was a, a, a pilot in Vietnam and um, a Chinook pilot, as a matter of fact. And he and I were talking, and I told him, I said, you know, the, I have so much respect for the military and that when I was going through basic and AIT, you know, you'd, you'd stop and say, why in the world are we doing something like this? This is about the most stupid thing I've ever seen. And then in the past few years, every now and then I'll have a have a flashback or something and say, I know why we did it. And there was a reason. And the military has a reason for, I guess, everything and probably some kind of manual on it. But um, it is a – the military is fantastic. In fact, I, I think everybody – I support Israel and that everybody should serve their country in some shape, form, or fashion. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, it's been a long time since I went through basic and AIT, but it never goes away. Well, I think if if you let me, um, I I would encourage Americans, uh, and I'm talking about those of us that were born here, uh, or who have become citizens to talk to those people that have gone through the immigration process and just ask them why what was the burn, burning desire for them to come here to America and they, they're very quick to tell you it's because it's the last and only country in the world that really means freedom to you the freedom of choice the freedom of opportunity to succeed or fail but opportunities still that they don't have in their other countries, and that's why they've fought so hard or, or they've tried so hard to escape the, the oppression in their countries to come to a place where they know they have an opportunity to do so much better. You know, the wall, which I support, is to keep people out, not to keep people in. We have no – I don't know of anybody that's trying to leave the United States. Yes, right. How many people are trying to immigrate to Venezuela now yeah. or places like that? They just aren't. Yeah, know? well, there are a few stars, or they think they're stars, that I might like to send to Venezuela and yeah. let them get a good taste of it. Well, you know, there were several that promised to leave if Donald Trump was elected, and yeah. I noticed they're still here. They're still here. Yeah. They uh, Somehow they wised up, didn't they? Mm, a lot of mouth. But uh, anyway, uh, so you've got some exciting things going on at the wall, and yeah. and it's open uh, to the public. Absolutely. Seven days a week, really. A- absolutely. And on top of that, there's four of us uh, that have now um, been trained to conduct tours. So if you have a group of people that would like to come up, they can contact us, and we'll be glad to establish a date and time, seven days a week, to do tours, to meet people's schedules and whatnot. We just had uh, uh, two high school football teams, Johns wow. Creek High School and Centennial High School football teams. They created, uh, uh, four years ago, they created the Veterans Bowl to honor veterans. And uh, the young men and women, the cheerleaders, the schools, I mean, it's amazing to talk to them. They, they go out of their way to make us feel very, very comfortable and thank us for our service. Uh, and then we created a trophy. 
and the, the winning team gets to have their name inscribed with the score on it, and they get to keep it for a year, and then it's up for grabs next, the next year. So, Wow, that's great. Uh, we, we have a good time with that. But we do have some events coming up. Our color guard is very, very busy, um, as you'll find out from talking to Roger Wise, because he's a part of it. He, he has included with our color guard now a speech about freedom is not free. Someone has to pay the price. Right. And it's a very moving and touching ceremony when they do present that. We've just recently had uh, both of the newly elected mayors of Roswell and Johns Creek, both of whom are veterans, have requested our color guard be at their inauguration ceremonies when that, that occurs. But uh, they'll probably do 10 to 12 events at schools and churches and, and sort this, this week coming up in the next few days. Um, and then they'll be at the mayor's uh, mayor of Johns Creek, uh, uh, his final speech to the public uh, on the 18th of November. He's asked that our color guard be there first to present that. So we'll be doing that. But then we've got uh, three events coming up that I think are, are tremendous, and we would love to have as many civilians and, and other veterans come as possible. Starting on Saturday, November the 6th, tomorrow, at 10 a.m. at the Afghanistan Plaza, we are going to do uh, a bricklaying ceremony for the Kabul 13. Uh, I've watched the news since that tragic day back in August, and I have seen young men and women uh, processions taking their bodies home for internment. But I haven't seen anyone recognize all 13 as a group. So uh, we have an Afghanistan plaza that was dedicated by the Knights of Columbus um, recently, and uh, they came to me and said, we need to do this. It's imperative that we do this. So we have uh, created the bricks for the 13, a larger 8 by 8 paper that describes, you know, here below lie the 13 who stood at the gate of freedom in Kabul, 82621. And their names and ranks and the member of service. We have, you know, 11 Marines, one Navy corpsman, and one Army special ops sergeant that was with the group that died that day when the uh, the bomber uh, did his deed. But we're going to do that. The Knights will be in their full regalia. I will be in my dress blues to honor those people. And one by one, we will have their names called, a bell ringing ceremony, and then the brick will actually be laid. We'll take a yellow uh, rose that we will have placed in the vacant spots in the plaza. I'll hand that to Dick Holcomb, Sir Knight. He will then place that uh, on the front of the um, monument itself to stay there. We're having this professionally uh, recorded, and our intent is to then send a cover letter from the Knights and from myself as the president of JCVA to the member families to say, you know, we we recognize the sacrifice that they made and you you made, and they will never be forgotten because now we have interred them into our Afghanistan plaza, which hopefully will last a lot longer than most of us. You know... I was there at the uh, ceremony for the plaza, and uh, Graham did a, a great job, yeah. as always. Graham uh, is fantastic, yeah. I, I, I've got to ask, for, and this is for my own information, how's the kiosk coming? Uh, we're not going to do a kiosk. What we've done, inst- it's, it's interesting that before COVID, the kiosk was going to be about seven grand to put in, and by the end of COVID, a year later, that kiosk was now $20,000. I think they all tried to recover any money they'd lost during the year at one time. But what we had to do is one of our marketing people uh, that's a member uh, recommended that we put up a QR code that people are very, very familiar with QR codes, and they can scan them with their phone, and it just takes you right to where you need to go. So we we, uh, created a QR code just for the wall that will take you to the Johns Creek Veterans Association's uh, website and also to a site that's connected to the National Wall Foundation DC so you can put in a person's name and it will tell you which panel uh, you know the line and number uh, actually show you a picture of that panel so you're not looking at the tiniest one on the ends or the biggest ones in the middle give you some idea where it is and the number there's a number down in the right corner of each panel like 26 west or 14 east and you go to that panel and then it tells gives you two more numbers and it's lying down a number over for the exact name uh, and that's been very very helpful and we've added a new sign that tells you exactly how to follow that process so that it's very very clear for people how to use it and uh, we've been having a lot of people use it which is great that is good and uh so important you know like i have friends that were killed in Nam, and uh, generally speaking, on one of our veterans shows, we'll always start with a, a prayer in memory of my best friend that uh, died this year of Agent Orange, mm-hmm. uh, or actually in 2020. And 
you know, it's Vietnam was um, misunderstood by uh, lots of folks, and and uh, yet I'm very proud to see that what you all are doing and others are doing to honor those that served. Uh, it's time that they got the recognition and not what they went through going through airports and everything else. And uh, it's uh, it's great. And uh, I salute you for, for what you're doing. And uh, thank you. Well, then, uh, then on, on, you know, you're going down Saturday to Columbus for the induction ceremony for the Hall yes, of Fame right. for the class of 2021. And then on Sunday at the wall itself, in front of the wall, Colonel Rick White, the director of the Military Hall of Fame, is going to actually do a certificate ceremony to recognize, I think it's three Vietnam veterans from Georgia that were recommended to the class of 2021 that didn't get selected. You know that even if you get recommended, you get a beautiful certificate uh, presented present to the family or to the individual. Well, Rick is going to do a, a presentation ceremony to three of those soldiers' families. Uh, I think some of their high school buddies are actually going to be there to receive them as well, which is which is really great. Um, and then uh, he'll do that at 3 o'clock on Sunday afternoon in front of the wall. Uh, then our, 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 our big ceremony comes up, which is the ceremony on the 13th of, of uh, the month. That's another Saturday. Um, the city of Johns Creek uh, said, well, you know, since everybody else around us, Roswell and others, are having ceremonies on the 11th to keep from detracting and making it available for more people to come to our ceremony on the 13th, uh, we moved it from recognizing area veterans from Thursday to Saturday. And at Saturday the 13th at 11 o'clock in the morning, we will kick off our ceremony to recognize veterans and do the major ribbon-cutting ceremony to officially open the wall, which we never had a chance to do during COVID after we built it last year. Um, It's going to be quite an interesting ceremony. We'll have Mayor Mike Bodker of Johns Creek will give some opening welcome remarks. I will have a few, and then we will start with uh, Tommy Clack. Tommy Clack may be known to some of your readers. I think you've had him here before as well. We, we've had him on. We haven't had him. He hadn't been in studio, but okay. we've, we've had Tommy uh, on. And we uh, we com- communicate. And I'll, I'll throw a little pitch out for Tommy right now. He's working with us on sales. And um, he may have contacted you at some point or the other. But uh, uh, Tommy is wanting to go on a vacation. And uh, so he... Uh, He's working with us uh, doing sales for America's Web Radio. Wow. Yeah. So Tommy will be our first guest speaker. Tommy was a Vietnam veteran. He is a triple amputee. Uh, He has been an advocate for – he's been an advocate for veterans ever since, and he's done some remarkable stuff. Um, He was the one who reached out to the Department of Defense uh, Office of Commemorative Services and has uh, uh, procured for us 300 – lapel pins for Vietnam and Vietnam Air soldiers uh, and we're hoping that uh, we'll be able to give a lot of those out at the ceremony and then we want to take a big picture over in front of the wall with as many veterans, Vietnam Air veterans that, that we can find that will come to the service and then send that back and they've told us that they will then put that into their archive program uh, they'll put it on their website and promote it and uh, pro- help us get some more attention to the John Street Veterans Association itself but even more so to the Memorial Park to let veterans know that it's there. Okay, that's the 13th, correct? That is on the 13th. It'll start at 11. A couple special surprises that I won't go into, but uh, after the our featured guest speaker is supposed to be Jim Knotts. Jim Knotts is the CEO and director of the National Wall Foundation in in D.C., the people responsible for the wall. Uh, Cynthia Long, his director of operations, is supposed to come, and Tim Tetz, who normally travels with the wall as it travels the country. He said if his schedule was open, he was going to try to make a big effort because he he told me two days ago in an email that Johns Creek was one of his favorite spots the entire time he traveled, and it was the largest um, attendance that they had occurred that had occurred and in the 10 years that the half scale wall traveled the country we had over 10,000 people in three and a half days that came to our park to see the half scale wall and it was the largest single donation uh, that they'd ever received so that that meant a lot to us as well so it's to be a good time to, for them to get back um, after we finished the speeches uh, 
Steve Broadbent, a Navy commander, a friend of mine, and JCVA member as well, a former city council member of Johns Creek. He will then ask the public to please join us over in front of the Vietnam Wall to, for continuation of the ceremony and the ribbon cutting. And when people come over for that, we will have a live presentation by Sammy Robinson and some of his veteran group of the Soldier's Cross. That's the M16 down with the web gear, the helmet, the dog tags, et cetera. And they have a, a narrator who will walk you through the, through the significance of each symbolism of each piece as it's added. Uh, then beyond that, we will have the Marine Corps League uh, rifle team, uh, Honor Guard, which will be there, and they will do a 21-gun salute, and they're also bringing their bugler who will then play taps. Mm. And from there, then, that will end the ceremony, and we will invite the public to join us again at the big tent. And, and the, the uh, city of Johns Creek has graciously reached out to a number of, of restaurants and vendors in the community who are going to provide some, some refreshment, uh, if, yeah, allow people a chance to gather and Hopefully a lot of veterans that come will have a chance to join up the JCVA. It's been a spectacular event. One of the things that has occurred now, we had in early March, as we started meeting in in, in, in the Park Place Center again, the, we, we, had, um, uh, we had a number of, of people uh, talk about, you know, we used to do uh, burgers and brats and beer, and uh, we had a uh, retirement home come to us and said, can, you know, can we provide you with a meal? So we said, sure, there'll be a break. <laughs> so uh, they br- they brought us they brought us a fantastic meal, and uh, next month rolled around. They want to do it again. Huh. That's so uh, I said, you know, this is I know this is costing you something. It probably wasn't in your budget. So why don't why don't you um, talk to some of the other area uh, retirement homes that has veterans in them as well and see if they want to come? So. She said, I'll get back to you. She called me back the next day. She says, no, we want to do this. So until we tell you otherwise, we're going to do this. So Sunrise, i put a plug in for them, Sunrise sure. Retirement Home up in uh, uh, Roswell, uh, Johns Creek uh, on Old Alabama Road. Um, they bring us a fresh hot meal off of their menu. I get to choose the menu item I want. They've got about 20 different items on there from seafood to steak to lasagna. They make a fabulous lasagna and they bring everything that goes with it. The salad, the garlic bread, even bring a a half liter, I mean a a pony keg of ice cold Lowenbrow, which is really kind of (laughs) nice. Oh yeah, But but they bring a meal every time. And uh, what we chose to do is I finally got it out of them that it cost them $7. We only charge our members and guests uh, usually are paid for out of our our funds, but uh, we only charge five bucks so i very quickly got the board of directors to agree unanimously that we do a head count and then we multiply that by seven and uh, we write them a check before they go out the door so it's not any money coming out of their budget uh and we completely cover it but it's been some fantastic meals and we've we've gotten membership now up to, uh, you know people anywhere from uh, 40 to 55 probably per meeting you know that have come out of the 100 or so 100 plus that we have uh, as registered members right now so it's a good time it's a great hour of camaraderie i even turned it into a little wine tasting and encourage <laughs> members to bring their favorite wine because somebody like uh, me for example i might find my next best favorite wine if they'll, if they'll do that so it's a, it's a great time and we That's have some super. great camaraderie and then on top of that at every meeting we get um we find some subject of interest uh, to veterans, whether it's uh, VA items or state items from the Department of Military Veteran Services, or you know, it's. Uh, and do you are you all meeting in the pavilion? Yeah, again? now we are meeting in the Park Place uh, Senior Center. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we're back in there, and uh, we meet on the well in. November and December, we moved our meetings to the second Thursday, so it wouldn't have any impact on the holidays. But normally from January through October, we meet on the fourth Thursday of the month, starting at 6 o'clock. And uh, we have an hour of camaraderie and, uh, and shenanigans, as you can imagine, when the Marines get picked on or pick on the Navy, whichever comes first. And then, uh, then we'll Submarine have... Submarine Mike never participates oh, in Oh, no, that. not at all, not at all, not at all. And then uh, we have um, an hour of uh, general meeting to catch people up on what's going on, the status of the BRIC program, the wall, what we're doing, some of the other significant items and interests that we have. We also now have, and for you lady veterans out there, and we really wish you would come because when you bring women into a group of men, it adds a touch of class, <laughs> and it tremendously improves the language that's used as you tell stories and whatnot. Uh, oh, that's one of the questions I always ask. Yeah. You brought it up, so I'm going to ask it. Good. 
Can you and you know a lot of veterans, I assume. Suit. Can you name one veteran that's a friend of yours that can tell only one story? No. No, they're just there are there are so many stories to be told, you know. Um, and, yeah, well, you wind them up and you wonder where the switch is to turn. Oh them yeah, off. yeah. You wind up and have to start doing the slice the neck kind of thing and everything else. Like you know, we only have an hour, <laughs> so. But yeah. I, I got to ask you one other question. Uh, sure. This goes back to when I was, oh, a little little boy, and this was many many years ago. But when you say color guard or honor guard, depending on the term or whatever, I still get chill bumps when I see it or even it's mentioned because it means so much. And when the flag goes by and everybody pops a salute and I, it just I still get chill bumps. It's like um, 80 and 90 year old veterans who are in the wheelchair the one one time i see them make an effort to really get up and they insist on doing it is when the flag comes by you know it's uh they know what what it's all about and the sacrifice all about even if a lot of our young people aren't being taught that these days um but it's a it's a very moving thing i still get chill bumps too every time and, and i really really enjoy it and it the memories flash through your mind when oh, that yeah. happens you 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 reflect on when you were, like in my case, I started off as an enlisted guy, straight out of college in 73, and Vietnam's still going on, and I volunteered, and uh, they chose to send me somewhere else, and that's okay, too, and I think that was a God thing, because it put me in a place where a company commander said, oh, you're a college boy. Well, you hit you hit this perfectly in the timing, because we've been ordered to select people for consideration for OCS, come back to Fort Benning and become an officer, and I got selected, fortunately, and uh, made the program, and, and uh, then retired uh, in 1994 as a lieutenant colonel, so, you know, there's there's things to do and then i've always been in an environment to help people but let me get this one plug back in real quick while i'm thinking of it for our women veterans that are out there we really need more women veterans involved in our program we actually have a couple ladies that have driven all the way up from fayetteville to come to a meeting with us and uh, they're putting the word out Uh, but i do have a um, an air force lieutenant colonel nurse uh, who has reached out and she's now talking through her network to more than fifty thousand nurses all over the country telling them about Johns Creek and about our our group and what we're doing. That's not and especially Roy, in the metro and especially the the group in Metro Atlanta. There's quite a few uh, retired nurses or former nurses that are in the Metro Atlanta area that she's trying to get on board. You know, this is and we will promote it for you as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, you know, this is we always salute our dust off pilots and uh, the nurses that would jump on and help and uh, fly out to uh, hot mm-hmm. LZs. And uh, yeah. it's uh, never, ever would I want to be accused of of not supporting the women veterans. They did, and a lot of people have, have lost track, or they don't think of, they think of the man as the only one that went. Well, you know, there's two sides of that coin, actually. There are the women that served, definitely but when some when the man or the woman in the household is deployed the rest of the family serves as well oh absolutely you know and we salute them that they they are veterans unto themselves yeah and um the the support they gave their husbands or wives as they were serving be it in vietnam that was probably the the biggest push, but then as they deployed to um, Afghanistan and uh, Desert Shield and Desert Storm. Yeah, we have we have one of our members, um, is a, a Army captain that was a nurse. She had two tours in Vietnam, and she's right. in our group now, and she has some fantastic stories to tell. You know, there are eight women whose names are on the wall, and actually one of those nurses uh, was actually killed in a combat environment, doing exactly what you alluded to earlier. The other seven were more in the rear area where they were serving, taking care of veterans that were wounded, and unfortunately got uh, the uh, the hospitals were attacked by the Viet Cong. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, they, they lost their lives taking care of patients in their hospitals when they got bombed there. You know, a lot of uh, the nurses, too, and we certainly salute them, are dying from Agent Orange. Yeah. 
and they caught the Agent Orange as they were take, taking care of somebody that had been sprayed and then shot or what, or wounded or whatever. Yeah. And um, well, I had, I'm I had, sorry, ex- my phone. That's all right. I had one of the actually a, a good friend, Jeff Heal, who's now over in Myrtle Beach. Um, he was a pilot. Jeff. Jeff. And, I know Jeff. And Jeff's Viet- been on. A, he, he flew a thirty-five thousand gallon bomb. That's right. He did, and he he talked about the fact, and he's suffering from Agent Orange, late stage Agent Orange itself now. Um, has some phenomenal stories, but he talked about the fact that that's what was in those barrels that were stacked up next to the officers' uh, quarters in the area they had in Vietnam and Thailand and some of those areas, and then come to find out later that was like Agent Orange, Agent Blue, Agent White, the different categories. Uh, and it was there all the time, and it was spilled all over the ground and everything else. And, and, they, and there's no wonder now that those those people are suffering. Dust-off pilots. I had a group of pilots, two different groups of pilots, say that they would love to see us create a memorial to all pilots that served in Vietnam, and I'd love to do that. And if there's anybody out there that happens to have $18,000 sitting around that they don't need, <laughs> I'll be glad to take it and build a beautiful monument uh, for all pilots that served, regardless of branch of services that served in the Vietnam era. I, I wish I did. Do. Yeah, but but, uh, but we're we're hoping that uh, at some point in the not too distant future we can add that uh, plaza, that we can add one for military chaplains, for military working dog teams, and then do one for combat medics. Uh, and uh, and and we've got some great ideas about what we will put on that eight foot marble Which, monument to do that. I'm going to interrupt for a minute and say that I have a, a very close friend that was a dentist still is a dentist but he also came back and uh, went to med school so he's both a dentist and a medical doctor and he has come up and the VA has thrown every blockade you can imagine in front of him but Don has come up with a it's proven 99% effective way to deal with PTSD and not being able to sleep. And uh, he's in Columbus, Georgia, and if you have if you suffer from PTSD and can't sleep at nights, email me, David at AmericasWebRadio.com and I'll be glad to put you in contact with Don. He is the this what he uses has been FDA approved for Years and years and years, and yet the Veterans Association or Veterans Administration Administration won't approve it. And he's got proof of its effectiveness. He's got letters from medical schools and dental schools all over the country. Well, let me let me you jumped in there and, and that gave me a segue. So let me let me do this if you would. <clears throat> um, during COVID last year. Uh, Unfortunately, my security company died. My clients went away, and uh, you couldn't get people to go to work because the government was paying them more to stay home than they did to work. Um, But I worked for a PTSD foundation out of Texas for a year, and I was the Georgia vice president here for operations and services. And I got to see a lot of things that really opened my eyes. And what I saw was that you could reach out to large foundations and the large foundations would either approve or disapprove you, but regardless of what happened, it was a whole year in their cycle before you could actually apply for more. If you ran out of money helping people, that was just it. You're done for the year unless you can uh, get donations in other locations. So, And I saw all of this going on, but what I saw that hurt more than anything else was that there were things happening in people's lives on an everyday basis that had the potential to destroy their lives if they didn't get help. And you know as well as I do that our veteran community is probably, and our firefighters as well, first responders, are probably the last ones that will step up and ask somebody to help them. Because you're a special kind of personality if you're in the military or you're a first responder type, uh, usually an A-type personality that's usually a leader and want to do it first. And you want to help everybody else, but you don't want people helping you or know that you need help. That's what I saw. I'll give you a prime example. I got a phone call in July and it was a woman on the phone and she said is this Colonel Mizell with the Johns Creek Veterans Association I said yes ma'am it is how can I help you she said they told me you'd help now she never did identify who they were but she said they told me you would help 
I said, well, I'll, I'll certainly try. What can I do for you? She said, well, we have a, a – this was in July. He's a Korean War veteran. He's 93 years old. His wife's 89. And between the two of them, they only get about $1,100 in Social Security a month. I said, I don't understand how they're surviving this long. But she said, well, they do. They make ends meet. They have family and some family and friends that can help out a little bit. She said, but their air conditioner system has gone out completely, and they cannot afford to replace it. Hmm. I said, well, if you'll give me the address up here in Johns Creek. And she goes, oh, no, no, no. She interrupted. She says, no, it's not in Johns Creek. It's in Jonesboro, Georgia. And I'm thinking to myself, you got your J's mixed up. I don't know anybody in Jonesboro anymore. Uh, but I said, okay, well, give me the information and let me make a phone call or two. I called an old dear friend. He happens to be the former Commissioner of Veteran Services for the state of Georgia. Mike Roby retired on 1 October. But in 1974, Mike Roby was a Sergeant E 5 admin NCO at an MP company at Fort McPherson when a certain Second Lieutenant Airborne MP, fresh, fresh out of jump school, arrived. And we have been friends ever since. Um, I called Mike Roby, not knowing who else to call. And Mike made a phone call, and he reached out to a lady over at the VA, and she happened to know somebody down in the Jonesboro area that was with the American Legion. She called the Legion. Long story short is four hours later, our Korean War veteran had a brand-new air air conditioning system that he paid zero for. Fantastic. Because the people in Jonesboro happened to know a veteran-owned company that was an AC heating company, contacted them, told them what was going on. He immediately dropped whatever else he was doing and took his people they went to this veteran's home they gave him a brand new air conditioning system and charged him nothing that's the kind of help that i see happening every day had a uh, had a uh, firefighter in gwinnett county attempt suicide and maybe the public doesn't know that that uh, firefighters and first responders have a 10 time higher rate of suicides than the general public let me throw this out there's 240,000 veterans that have committed suicide because of PTSD. Yeah. Yeah. And that and that's horrible. It's shouldn't terrible. happen. Shouldn't and, uh, particularly happen, when they're answers. Yeah. That's right. the So I saw this happen and uh, we were able to get him when he was released from the hospital and we got him into a program. Uh, we had to come up with twenty eight hundred dollars instantaneously to pay for it. The foundation I had been working for told us basically go find it yourselves and we did. So that was the last iteration I had with those people, and I left them. But in the following couple of months, first of the part of the year, uh, I had several veteran friends who said, you know, you're really good. At, you should keep doing this. That's, that's one of your talents is to get out there and meet people and to find people and help people. I think I've been helping people all my life, and I really enjoy doing it. Um, being a military policeman, uh, the motto of the MP Corps was of the troops and for the troops. We're one of you, but I also have a responsibility for you. And that sort of carried itself all the way through my 22 years with my security company. And these guys were saying, Mizell, you need to do this. You need to do this. So I finally broke down and, and agreed. And what we're doing now is there is a brand new 501c3 already approved by the Secretary of State's office. I have my IEN number, whole nine yards, and I call it the Colonel's Cup. And the Colonel's Cup is is uh, an old uh, your old water can or whatever that your uh, that your canteen the used canteen, to sit yeah, in, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I put my Colonel's logo on the front of it, and I usually take it with me everywhere I go when I'm speaking or whatnot. And I don't bring it up; I just set it down, knowing that somebody is going to ask me, "What is that?" and "What's it for?" <laughs> that's well, where you put your soup. That's where you put your soup and everything else. So you got hot water to shave, your drinking water, whatever. Um, so anyway, we've got it up. It's functional. It's moving. Uh, I have one veteran group that has uh, that was pushing me that has committed to raise fifty to a hundred thousand dollars here shortly to get us up and running. Uh, another professional marketing service at a large company jumped in and said, "You know, we want to help you." So they're working on my cards and and letterhead and trifold and website and all that stuff. So we hope to have it up real soon and get that up and going. And then we'll move forward uh, and reach out to the communities to see what we can do to help people. Because there's, you know, we had seven different events already this year where we had a veteran who needed transportation because they had lost their jobs. They needed to get new jobs. And, and uh, my Vet Buds group, another veterans group that you know of up in, uh, up in the Roswell Johns Creek area, um, we have procured from donations seven cars. One of our veterans owns an uh, automotive repair shop. And another one owns a towing company. 
So we can go get them. We take them. We get them fixed. We take take it to these people that are in these situations, and we give them to them. Uh, you know, conduct a one dollar transfer and sale, and it's legally theirs. And then on top of that, there's about forty or fifty guys and gals in the uh, vet buds group that are still working in many cases, and we network through that organization, plus through Johns Creek and plus the American Legion, and try to help these people find jobs and get them back you know, actively employed and, and working in society. Any business that's veteran owned or works with veterans. Well, I'll give them free advertising on America's love, yeah. web radio. And I would love to have their information because here in Georgia alone, we have 750,000 veterans in the state of Georgia. We're like the number four state in America that, that provides young men and women that put on a uniform. Mike, before he retired, Mike Roby, told me that there are currently in Georgia, there are 95,000 veterans that are living in substandard housing right now 95,000 that there are 150,000 veterans and families who are eating one meal or less a day Jeez. that's a fact and this is the commissioner of veteran services that told me this so there's a group out there that we need to serve that we need to take care of so if there's any business that wants to wants to be part of this support group that we could call on and we won't call on you unless it's absolutely necessary but if you would like to be part of this group by either donating funds, because that's going to be the biggest part of it, is just having the money to do this, and or saying, you know, if you run into somebody in this area that I can service that's a veteran that, and this is their situation, we'll be glad to step up and help. Uh, you know, that would that would go so far to do so much for all the people that are veterans here in the state of Georgia. And we'll give, like I said, any business that's veteran-owned and works with veterans, works with you, Mike. Yeah. I'll be glad to give them free advertising. Super. That would uh, be fantastic. Any and every time. The other thing that uh, I bring up many times, and I, I've been very fortunate in my life that uh, uh, I was an EMT many, many years ago. And, you know, our country, and this is what I hope the hell our kids are going to understand, is it's not just the term first responder. That's not just fire, police, and the ambulance driver. Our country is a first responder. Here we are. All over we, the world. All over the world. Who do people count on when a disaster happens in God knows where? Mm-hmm. The first flag they look for is the American flag. Correct. And as a radio station, America's Web Radio, we salute both our military and our first responders. And I, I hate to put them in a, in a class like that or in just a group because they're, they're your next-door neighbor. Yeah. They're your best friend at church. They're whatever. But they're the ones that, you know, run towards, not run from. Yeah. And uh, we saw this on 9-11. We see, we've seen it many, many times. And, uh, you know, like you said, there's something within their personality that wants to reach out and be a service to their fellow man. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what it is, and I don't generally get off on this, but uh, there's a special place in heaven for all of those and uh, for veterans that have given the ultimate sacrifice, too in my opinion and uh, so we're and we can't take this out of schools we have to and I'm I'm proud of Virginia I'm proud of anyone that stands up and has found out what their kids are being taught I guarantee you that almost any college graduate you pulled off the street couldn't tell you what the flag is all about. Well, I see some of these shows. Sometimes they put uh, someone with a mic on the street and they ask them questions. And it was really embarrassing. The other day they were asking uh, these young adults, and I, I, I guess they're millennials. They look like they're in their 20s and 30s. Uh, college students and above, and they were asking them questions like, who was George Washington? And I mean, some of the answers were absolutely ridiculous. Hardly anybody knew who he was. He was the first president of the United States. You didn't know that. You know, it's simple stuff that's taught and used to be taught, like you say, in the school systems. I'm not so sure it is anymore. Oh, I, I, um, I don't think it is. And what's being taught is socialism and communism, and we can't let this happen. We have to fight for our country and just like we just like veterans did with guns we've got to fight at the voting place and uh, 
wherever you vote, vote. That's yeah. so important. You know, I learned something yesterday with uh, Larry Freeland on, and uh, or no, I'm sorry, this was uh, not Larry. This was uh, on a veteran's story with uh, Pete Mecca. And he had uh, one of the elite of the elite from the the one of the guards of the tomb of the unknown soldier, and uh, you know we all have heard it, but I never put. <laughs> I, I was obviously not good in math. I couldn't put two and two together, but I didn't realize until the former guard was talking about everything's done by twenty ones, right, and. Uh, you know, they they take 21 steps down the mat. 21 seconds later, they turn and do 21 steps back. And we have the 21-gun salute. And he explained where that came from. It is a great, great show. Uh, a veteran story on America's Web Radio. You should go to our website, scroll down to uh, a veteran story, and listen to it. it, it it'll be a... One of the most interesting hours you'll spend today or whenever you get a chance to do it. We're going to take our one break. I uh, I sort of let it go by, and uh, I, I feel obligated to. And uh, I want to take this break, and we'll be back with Mike Mazel right after this. Veterans Day is fast approaching. On November 11th, please don't forget to take a few moments to honor and thank those that have served so bravely. Hi, this is Rocky Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, we're back on the business hour on America's Web Radio, and the business this hour has been about the healing wall, which is a replica of the Vietnam Veterans Wall in Washington, D.C., and I'm fortunate to live in Johns Creek, where the wall is. It has a permanent home now in Newtown Park in Johns Creek, Georgia, and everyone's invited, and we have the the uh, president of the Johns Creek Veterans Association, and he's also the director of the the wall. And uh, we've been talking about it. And you've got—I think you said you had a poem you wanted yeah, to read. Yeah, I, I would like to share this. One quick note about the the park. Um, the the uh, Vietnam Wall that we have installed is part of the park. It's now f- a little over five acres. It has ten plazas, starting with World War One, goes all the way through Afghanistan now, which we have to engrave as 2021 with an end date on that. I hadn't had it for a long time. And uh, those ten plazas, and you're, you have the capability of buying a brick or paver to honor a veteran in your family or a friend that you know of that you would like to do that. Um, and you can go to jcvets.org and find out all of that information from our website. Uh, I also handle that part of the program as well, ordering those things and then picking them up and installing them, actually. Um, uh, we have a huge water fountain that was done and donated by uh, the Davenport family, uh, Marine family. And then we have also a huge gazebo uh, do- donated by the Knights of Columbus from St. Bridget's. <clears throat> they have chosen to honor a World War II Lieutenant that we met when he was 98 years old. Wow. Uh, and it's a beautiful story. Um, 
there was a battle group off the coast of Japan at right near the end of the war prepping for the land invasion and this carrier that was in the group was attacked 1200 of the 1800 people on that ship died that day Hmm. the chaplain who was on there who received the medal of honor for his services during all of this uh, is the namesake for the St. Bridges Knights of Columbus next door to our park so um, we had this gentleman John Bastian come in to give us some stories and and things and he talked about that day the beautiful part of it is when the the carrier was bombed it started to list in the water now they weren't sure it was going to sink or not so they brought one of the battleships one of the cruisers or something they brought it up alongside of it and tied it off to sort of buoy it up and they eventually took that carrier all the way back to the harbor in new york now this is from the pacific all the way back to new york it was refitted and put back in service four to five years later after the war was over. Wow. But when he started talking about the story, he started talking about the destroyer and booing it up. And out of the back of our group, an old creaky voice said, whoa, wait a minute. Well, John Tempe was sitting in the back of the room, and John Tempe was on the destroyer. He and Bastian had never met so we had these two World War veterans, 98 and 96 years old, hugging each other and crying and talking about what happened that day. And before it was over, they're laughing their hearts out, both of whom have now passed away. So we're losing that generation way too fast. Their stories are remarkable. And if you've got a grandparent out there, a great-grandparent out there that was in World War II or Korean War and even the Vietnam War, sit down and talk to them if you can get them to talk record what they say those stories are going to be so important to you and to others and uh, there are groups out there that will record them for free and then they'll make a recording of that and they will have it sent to the national archives and included for all historical purposes forever and that would be something that would be really phenomenal for you to do mike one of our things that we say often is that today our veterans are our history books schools are overlooking world war ii they're overlooking vietnam they're overlooking world war one and so it's up to the veterans to be our history books and pass it on just like you said to their kids their grandkids and their great grandkids Mm -hmm. pull them up and put them on your lap and tell them what you did yeah yeah, it's, that's a that's a critical thing for us to do um, to to remind people of the sacrifice that that's required to be as free as we are today. And uh, I think a lot of people take it for granted, especially what you're seeing in politics now. They take it for granted. Um, I've got a poem I'd like to share with you in uh, in light of the Kabul thirteen and their sacrifices. You know, those young people were just standing at the gate trying to help people. So. This is entitled A Soldier's Honor, and it's not something I wrote. It's something my wife found for me. It says, A Soldier's Honor. Our lives are built upon a framework, the framework of privilege and freedom, purchased through the blood, sweat, and tears of soldiers, sailors, marine, airmen, national guardsmen, reservists, called to duty. Of our soldiers, these brave men and women possess resolute spirit valuing liberty before their own lives, sacredly and solemnly committing to preserve the rights due mankind by God, leaving the comfort and safety of home, entrusted with a high and noble purpose, blessing people throughout this earth with peace, hopeful assurance, loving freedom and understanding its power, being a symbol of that hope in the world accepting the possibility that fate may require their ultimate sacrifice to move freedom forward. And whether a soldier is spared to see their efforts bless others throughout a lifetime fully lived, or whether they're taken amidst the service back to the arms of the loving God, still having more in them to give. When honorable soldiers leave this earth, they take their place in heaven having earned this mighty reward through the selfless service they've given. For a soldier's honor doesn't end with their death. Honor becomes their eternal legacy, an inheritance left to family and friends and mankind of the blessings of freedom and peace. 
That's beautiful. Um, could you send me a copy of that? At Absolutely. Some point? I'll make sure you get it. And uh, would I'd like to post it on our website. That'd and uh, love to do that. On, I'm going to uh, use that tomorrow in the ceremony with the Cobble 13. Um, again, that's going to be tomorrow, the 6th of November, at the Newtown Park, uh, J- uh, Johns Creek Memorial Gardens there that we have. And uh, that's at 3125 Old Alabama Road. It's directly in front of Fire Station 63. So if you fire in the fire station, you can't miss us. We're right straight across the street. And we'd love to have you come out and participate. It's open to the public. Then join us again on the 7th for at 3 o'clock in the afternoon for a special ceremony at the Vietnam Wall. And then join us again the following Saturday at 11 a.m. for our huge celebration and salute to all military and to a formal ribbon-cutting ceremony to formally open up the wall that heals to all of the community. And as our close friend Roger Wise says, and if you get a chance to hear Roger, he gives a heck of a talk on freedom is not free. And uh, we... We are going through some trying times right now, and uh, we have to remember that, that freedom is not free, and we have our wonderful military that, you know, I was on the cusp of um, draft, lottery, and volunteer, Mm -hmm. and uh, I guess you were too, or close to it. And... um, I think that the United States has proven something with a volunteer military. And uh, it's the cream of the crop of young people, uh, the cream that says, I love my country. And they've had everything going against them, particularly in schools. And I cringe at that thought. But... They still, somehow or the other, come out. They look back at their fathers or grandfathers and say, they did it. I, too, can do it. And uh, so I'm so proud of my son and other sons. Rick White has a son that's just absolutely incredible, in my opinion. Uh, Graham White, he's a wonderful colonel. And... uh, and as in, for those that know about it, he's in the war school right now. So we know what that means, and uh, he will, he's a fantastic leader. And I can only salute his family for the job they did on, on raising Graham. Yeah, he was in the uh, 75th Ranger Battalion. He was, uh, I think, commander of the 3rd Battalion, 75th Ranger Regiment, and... Uh, just in the last, I think, five years, he had nine combat tours, three to Iraq and uh, eight in Afghanistan. Um, so um, quite a remarkable young man, and he talked about why we were there and the purpose, and anybody that could ever get him to sit down and, uh, or to a group and talk to them about why he was there. I mean, you get a, a fantastic perspective that it's worth it. It is absolutely worth it. Um, and it's unfortunate what's happened in Afghanistan so that all the successes we had now are being wiped out by stupidity, horrible people. Um, But it's, uh, Mike, it's a pleasure having you, and the door's always open. Unfortunately, we don't have red carpet. If we did, we'd put it (laughs) out. I don't need red carpet. Uh, All I would do now is I I tell people I'm I'm a 22. It's interesting that the number has played so much a part of my life. In high school, as a running back, I was a number 22. I was in the Army for 22 years. I just had my 45th anniversary because I was married to the same gal for 44 years. (laughs) I had my security company for 22 years before COVID destroyed that. But the Lord got my attention, and now my job is to help veterans in any way and every way I can. And that's why, let me put in another plug for the Colonel's Cup. There are 750,000 veterans in Georgia. And if you believe the CDC numbers uh, and the VA numbers, at any given time, 25 to 35% of those people are suffering from PTSD, from, from shell shock, battle fatigue, whatever you want to call it, and other related problems. And we as a nation have a responsibility to that 1%. We cannot let their sacrifices go unnoticed when they need us the most. 
we need to step up for them like they step up for us. So the Colonel's Cup, you can reach to David. He will be actively involved in my group as well going forward, and I hope to be back to uh, to tell you how of the successes that we're having and uh, those veterans that are out there that we can help. So any company that wants to participate, I'll be glad to put you on my roster. I want to find out who does what best and then coordinate those services throughout the state of Georgia to make it work. Sir, from an E5, I, you will come back, I hope. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We're out of here. We'll see you next week, and uh, stay tuned for more from America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.